This is the Triad Podcast Network. I'm Algernon Cash, and you're locked in. Uh, we just wrapped up some very important elections right here in North Carolina. A lot of people didn't know about them because some of these elections were actually focused um, some municipal races that were happening around the region over in High Point as well as in Lexington. So not as many people were following it. I know everybody's so excited and geared up for next year because it's a presidential year. But I always like to remind my listeners and followers that these municipal races are oftentimes some of the most important races that you can watch because your mayor, your city council folks, your school board, your county commissioners, these folks have such a huge impact on your day-to-day life. Um, And sometimes we get so focused on what's happening at a national level we miss what's happening right here in our backyard. So I've got re-elected Mayor Jason Hayes down in Lexington. He's locking in with me today. I know I've already told you offline, Mayor Hayes, I've got to do it officially for the public. Congratulations on your race. Wasn't even close at all. And you, everybody was sort of watching your race. Um, I'm sure you're excited to be re-elected. Um, before we get into the race, um, this is your first time on my Locked In show and so I do want to give my audience a chance to learn just a little bit more about you, not just your, your role in the city of Lexington, but maybe we could start off with you talking about your background, what brought you to Lexington, and why you wanted to be mayor in the first place. Sure. Thank you, uh, Algernon. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, actually, I grew up here in, in Lexington. My, uh, my folks uh, moved here in 1965. They met at the School for the Deaf in Morganton. And textiles and furniture were booming uh, in, in the uh, late 60s. And so they came here and worked in furniture factories uh, for, uh, for their whole careers, actually. And, uh, and as everyone knows, the uh, furniture, textiles and furniture jobs uh, actually um, you know, left our communities and left a void in our communities. And um, I, des- I decided... Uh, after spending about 30 years in the pharmaceutical and medical communications field uh, to retire and started to follow local politics more closely, how decisions get made and, and candidly, sometimes how they don't. And so uh, for me, uh, wanted to be able to apply the uh, experience that I had built in the private sector and apply it to a community that uh, really wrapped its arms around me and my sister as we were growing up with two parents that were disabled and wanted to be able to give back in in that way. And so uh, decided to put my name in the hat for mayor uh, in the last election. And it turns out that it was a a shorter term than normal. We usually have a two-year term, but due to COVID and waiting for the census results, it ended up being a year and a half. So uh, I served an abbreviated first term, uh, was ready to do it again, and was happy that the citizens here in Lexington agreed with with my vision and wanting to continue to move our city forward in a major way. And uh, it was very, um, very gratified to see the results coming out of the election last week. You know, I, I love stories where people actually go off, um, make a success out of themselves, but don't forget home, you, you know, almost like the prodigal son. Uh, you find your way back home to to also make a contribution and use your time and talent um, to benefit your local community, the community that bred you. And I think that's a great story. It's actually, I think it's the story of so many mayors across North Carolina. 
And um, I, I always think that's impressive. You, you know, you mentioned the fact that it was a short term. I was even thrown off. I'm someone I watch politics very closely. Uh, so I was a little thrown off that you all had a race this year as well. I thought it would have been next year. So I was a little bit off balance. Um, and, and someone like me who stays as close to politics as I do, if I was thrown off balance, certainly some of your citizens and voters down in Lexington were a little bit thrown off balance. How did that play in the turnout and, and just sort of reminding folks to, hey, we got a big election this year? You know, uh, I've heard uh, after the uh, election that uh, folks were concerned about turnout, the numbers were low. Uh, but candidly, uh, Algernon, if you look at the election when I was first uh, voted into office back in uh, in May of, of 2021, um, it was also a Republican primary at the time. We had about 2,400 voters. It sounds like a small number, but it represents about 15 to 16% of our registered voters here in Lexington. That was the number that showed up the last time. And we had about the same number of voters show up this election as well, around 2,276, so a little bit less. But I think folks were really interested in, in our local politics. And I think, you know, not only our side, but the side of the opposition was uh, was also raising some awareness to get uh, to get folks out. Uh, and if you look at that roughly 22 or 2400 number that I was quoting earlier, if you look at some of the other uh, elections, we've had less than half of that turnout. Hmm. Um, so. Um, you know, in retrospect, our numbers look pretty good uh, compared to historical numbers. Uh, so but anyway, again, just really uh, gratified that uh, there was a confirmation of the direction that uh, that I want to take the city forward and, and was was happy to see the number that did turn out uh, because for the number that did turn out, uh, they felt like I was the choice this year. And for that, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. Yeah, they felt like you were the choice overwhelmingly based on the numbers that I saw on election night. So um, you always got to be um, proud of a definitive win as, as well. Um, it, you know, I, I was talking about your race. I was on the debrief with Carolina Journal last week. And um, for my audience, if you didn't get a chance to catch the debrief, it's available on their YouTube channel. So you can go to Carolina Journal on YouTube. Um, and we did that show just a few days ago. And we were talking about your race amongst many others across the state. And we talked about this issue around turnout. And a lot of times in these sort of off-year election cycles, you are seeing turnout somewhere right around 15%, which is what you just said. That was actually the exact graphic that we put up on the show. And then we talked about turnout in the presidential year, which is coming up next year, um, sometimes reaches as high as 75%. How do we get more voters engaged in these sort of off-year municipal-focused elections? I mean, you heard me at the outset, Mayor Hayes. I, I think these local races, quite frankly, if you really want to have an impact on your day-to-day -day life, your 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 job, your your quality of living, um, you, you know, all those types of things, your race is much more important than the presidential race. But how do you convey that message to more voters in Lexington? You know, that one's that one's tough, Algernon, because, um, you know, uh, in looking at my my previous uh, election, we had four different folks that were uh, that wanted to seek the mayor's seat and uh, felt like we had decent turnout compared to earlier years. Uh, we had uh, in this previous election that I, I, I just won um, quite a bit of, of noise, if you will, and awareness, uh, even if you look at the amount of money that was was spent, raised and spent at a local level, uh, I would say in the final numbers not or haven't even been reported yet. 
Um, I didn't spend a tremendous amount of money on this campaign, but there was a lot of money spent on this campaign. I would say probably more so than 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 any in years past and still about the same number, right? About the 22, 2300 uh, or so. Um, I, I think uh, even in these off years, it's become a challenge to get uh, to meet the same types of numbers that show out during the presidential uh, election. But to your point, um, regardless of, of, and these are nonpartisan elections, but regardless of, of, of how uh, any candidate is aligned, um, really we're aligned around local issues and are able to make very specific recommendations and changes within our community. Uh, you would think and hope that that would be the, the trigger that would get more folks out to the polls. Uh, but unfortunately, it hasn't been as of yet, hasn't uh, resulted in that, even if there's been a tremendous amount of, of, of money spent on, on those uh, elections. So um, if you come up with an answer, you please let me know, because uh, I'd, be, I'd be happy to, uh, to be able to, to advocate for that. But uh, because I think it is, you know, to your point, I mean, in, if you have 60 to 75 percent of the registered voting audience show up, Ideally, that's what you would want. You would want most folks to make their voices heard, right? Uh, and I've said uh, often um, that you know, voting and and the the one vote that each person represents is really the biggest equalizer, I think, in our community. And that uh, your voice is equal uh, to anyone uh, anyone else's voice, regardless of of whatever uh, is different. Uh, you know, socioeconomic status. Uh, ethnicity, anything, right? Uh, even your party affiliation, uh, it all counts as one vote. And so I would be uh, open to anything that would uh, that would increase the, uh, the turnout and the opportunity for more to make their voices heard. Timing is everything in life. And I'm certainly hoping that my timing is right to deliver this message to you from the Ginther Group, a triad real estate team with a vast local knowledge. What's the question you often ask yourself when it comes to buying or selling a home? Is this the right time? Buyer's market, seller's market, low interest rates, high interest rates, doesn't matter. The answer can always be yes. You just have to strategize appropriately. And we provided many of those guides in our podcast with Blake Ginther and his team right here on this same feed. But here's a new one offered by the Ginther Group. Let's say you want to sell, but your home condition isn't ideal for a competitive marketplace. They've got a program that can help called Renovate Now, Pay Later. That's right. If your home is a little rough around the edges, you can make the improvements now and pay at closing when you sell. Contact the Ginther Group at 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to learn more and see if it's an option for you. You can also talk to them about other helpful resources like their first-time homebuyer seminar or a real estate wealth management consultation. Whatever you need, contact them today. And like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. Well, I, I want to say applause to Lexington for having nonpartisan local elections. I, I, I've been a huge advocate for that. I've talked to a lot of my friends in the General Assembly. Um, I, I personally think all local races should be nonpartisan. I mean, school board, county commissioner, city council. I personally, you know, I am a Republican, but I personally don't believe that Republicans or Democrats have some monopoly on how to fix potholes or make sure the trash gets picked up on time or whether or not the police shows up when you make a phone call. 
And so I, I, I think what happens by having these partisan races that some of these national issues that, quite frankly, are creating a huge partisan divide, you know, at a national level, sometimes they creep down and they they find they insert themselves in these local races when, in fact, these local races is not the place for, for those types of debates. So, you know, if any of my friends that are in the General Assembly are listening today or happen to hear this, um, I renew my call. I, I, I think all these local races should be nonpartisan. Um, to make sure we just get the best people in office, not necessarily someone from um, one specific party or the other. Um, it, you know, you you mentioned you were just in a short period of time, 18 months before you had to run again. Um, you, you were just figuring out where the bathroom was in City Hall and then you had to file. Um, what were you most proud of in that short 18 month period? What, what did you what did you feel like you got done that really um, caused your message to get out there to voters? You know, I think it follows along what you were just uh, talking about, Algernon. Uh, in, in fact, uh, you know, I happen to be a Democrat, but uh, I, I will tell you, I've been a registered Republican pri uh, previously. I've been unaffiliated and just now I'm a registered Democrat. But, you know, one of the things that I have found locally is that it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican unaffiliated to your point. If you're looking at issues like potholes and sewer, um, you know, it doesn't matter how you align. It's, a, it's about sitting down with decision makers and stakeholders and getting things done. And one of the things that I'm proudest of is the time that I've spent with the Davidson County County Commissioners, uh, building that relationship. Um, it was contentious. Uh, prior to coming into office, I knew that was one of the things that that I needed to spend some time focused on uh, building that that trust. And we were able to we have been able to do that. I would say that's one of the things I feel proudest of uh, in in my first term, being able to sit down and discuss with them what their needs were. Uh, we talked about potholes and sewer. Uh, sewer just happened to be the the, the thing that uh, that they really, really needed. They needed additional allocation. We were able to work out an agreement where we were able to increase their allocation for the benefit of the greater county from an economic development standpoint. Uh, and then also in exchange for that, able to, to receive uh, some monies from them, some capital to go towards our infrastructure uh, improvement. Um, so that's that's a really big thing. The second thing I would say uh, that I'm probably most proud of is the fact that we've been able to continue economic development in a major way here in Lexington. We're growing. Um, we had an announcement in March and groundbreaking in August of Siemens Mobility. Uh, Siemens Mobility is a passenger rail manufacturer, and they were looking for a place on the East Coast to service their clients and started with 37 different sites, narrowed it down to two. Uh, between Lexington and Greenville, South Carolina, and we were able to come to the table, uh, reach an agreement uh, with Siemens. Uh, we also included our county commissioners, North Carolina Department of Commerce, uh, mm -hmm. community colleges, multiple stakeholders coming together to make sure we had an incentive package that was attractive to Siemens Mobility. And they made a decision to invest $220 million in a manufacturing facility here in Lexington, bringing 500 plus jobs which is a game changer for us. Uh, it's, it's also, it also aligns nicely with the work that we've been doing uh, myself as well as previous administrations in and around uh, what we call the depot district, uh, depot district re revitalization. And some of your listeners may have heard that we received a $25 million federal grant 
to bring a passenger rail stop back to Lexington. And we received that grant. We're planning to break ground next year. It's about a three and a half year project. But that's going to be one of the major catalysts for revitalizing our depot district um, area. And we've approved uh, 120 unit um, multifamily housing in and around the depot district with mm. a mixture of retail as well as one and two bedroom apartments. Uh, so um, a lot of things happening in and around the depot district revitalization. But but I would sum it up to say that Lexington is in the passenger rail business. Uh, because we're going to be making passenger rail cars here. We're going to have a passenger rail stop. And uh, if you've been following uh, the North Carolina Mayor's Association, they've been working hard to increase the number of passenger rail legs that we're requesting from the federal government. And this year, uh, are requesting up to 12 different new legs of passenger rail travel. Uh, the two that I'm probably most interested in are the ones from Salisbury to Asheville. Uh, as well as the high speed uh, rail from Raleigh to, uh, to Northern Virginia, um, because Lexington will be right on uh, the pathway uh, to be able to get to Asheville and also be able to get to Northern Virginia. Uh, just further, I think, emphasizing uh, Lexington's ability to be a, a destination location, not only on barbecue festival day, uh, but every day of the year. Uh, so yeah. super excited about that. I, I do enjoy Barbecue Festival Day. You guys get me down every year for that. Um, you know, I, I love all of what you just shared because I do believe Lexington has become a real uh, triad regional player. Um, I, I think many of your citizens and probably several of your business owners down there would tell you that I've become a huge fan personally of Lexington. Um, and, and in fact, when we did Restaurant Week, we actually used Davidson Speed Printing in Lexington as our partner. Um, for for Restaurant Week, um, so I'm I'm a huge fan of of, of Lexington. Um, I love some of the announcements that I've been hearing in terms of the job creation. Um, I definitely have watched the development of the Depot District for a long period of time. I also want to give a big shout out to Tammy Absher. I think she's doing incredible work on behalf of the city, um, not only just in the Depot District, but really citywide. And you've got some great business owners down in that 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 uptown Lexington. I I have to get it right. You guys call it uptown, not downtown. Um, so I, I'm a huge fan of, of everything you guys have been doing, and I'm, I'm certain you're going to try to keep all that energy and momentum going. We'll also maybe have to look at getting you back in here to talk more about this passenger rail issue that you just mentioned. I sure. think that sounds fascinating. Um, so I, I do want to bring this up because during your 18 month period, obviously, you, you, you were able to get a lot of great things done. But, but there also was a little bit of a controversy around city manager Tara Green deciding to, to retire. And it actually played out on Facebook to some degree. So I'm, I'm not speaking out of school here. I mean, people can go look it up themselves um, online. But what do you think triggered her, her depart, departure and just wanting to, to find a, a, a new change? You know, I'm not sure, Algernon, candidly. Uh, you know, we're limited as to what we can say from a personnel standpoint, but, you know, what I'll share is, is what, you know, is publicly, you know, known what's public knowledge. She uh, did decide to, uh, to announce her retirement uh, early actually this year. And uh, that did, you know, catch us by surprise. Um, but as a result, you know, when we're elected officials, what we have to do is plan for the future. And so what we did uh, was reach out to the UNC school of government, and the North Carolina League of Municipalities to discuss the, uh, you know, the retirement announcement and to determine what steps we could take to be a responsible council moving forward. 
And as part of that, uh, they uh, made some recommendations for interim city managers uh, that we could potentially interview. Uh, they also suggested a path forward uh, because there are several openings for city managers uh, here in and around the state of North Carolina and nationally. Yeah. So um, there were several openings. And so given the fact that we knew that there would be a retirement, given the fact that we knew that there would be an opening, uh, we started planning for it. Uh, we did bring in an interim city manager, Mr. Ralph Clark, that helped us for about three months. Uh, we engaged with an executive recruiting firm that uh, helped us in our um, promotion of the position, as well as the uh, as well as the search. Uh, we had we were encouraged. We had about uh, forty candidates that were interested in the position, and as we stepped through that process and talked about the things that were most important to us as a council and what we believed were was important from a, a candidate standpoint and filling uh, the new city manager position, uh, we were able to uh, narrow down to a choice that we are super excited about. Uh, Mr. Johnny Taylor, uh, who was serving as the interim in Winston-Salem and also had spent almost 30 years in the city of Winston-Salem, serving in a host of different capacities, uh, was interested in Lexington. And we were uh, definitely interested in him and announced uh, almost three months ago his uh, appointment into this position. He's been doing uh, an incredibly uh, fantastic job um, and just excited about what uh, the future of Lexington uh, is going to look like under his leadership. Uh, and, you know, we have a couple of council members that are uh, that have been newly elected as well that are going to be stepping into our council. Uh, we've had uh, two council members, uh, uh, Frank Calicut, as well as Whitney Brooks, who uh, decided not to, to run for election, but they've served in a great um, capacity here as, as uh, council members, and we're appreciative of the work uh, that they've done, uh, but also excited about our new council, our new city manager, and how our city is going to continue to move forward in a way that works for everyone. Uh, we're committed to that. It's time to get serious about your financial future. It's never too early, but it could be too late to get started. And that's oftentimes the hardest part, getting started. How much do I save? Where do I invest? Do I save for college or retirement? How much for each? And who do I talk to about it all? Okay, we'll keep things simple for now and help you answer the last one. We recommend you begin with a local financial advisor. And that's Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. She'll sit down with you for a complimentary introductory consultation and go over all of your questions. Get started on the path to achieving your financial goals. Visit 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com or call 336-701-1600. Get comfortable with your financial future. 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors. Retirement, financial planning, and investments. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors. 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. You, you know, I know Council Member Calicut. I've worked with them personally, mostly on business stuff. Some some things we've talked about as it relates to Lexington, but um, have, have a lot of respect for him and 
glad he was finally able to get some some rest and retirement um, after the years that he served down there. And I know Johnny Taylor extremely well. Um, I've worked with Johnny here in Winston-Salem on projects in the past. And um, I, I do think you guys were able to recruit a, a really strong leader, um, certainly even to some degree a loss uh, for Winston-Salem, um, one of your neighbors here. And um, I tell you, um, you, you know, I, I think Winston has become the training ground for city managers because, you know, we've got Tasha Logan Ford, who's over in High Point. They were able to get her from Winston. And then Evans Raleigh is down in the city of Raleigh. He also came out of Winston. Um, so we, we've been doing a great job here in Winston-Salem of training city managers for all of North Carolina and exporting some of that talent out. So I, I think you guys will certainly enjoy Johnny for sure. You know, the last thing I want to land on, because I always think that a mayor's role and responsibility, besides making sure that the, the 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 trash gets picked up on time and the police shows up and the things that we've talked about today, is, you know, a mayor's responsibility is to bring the community together and make sure that not only does a community have strong economic development and that type of capital, but they also have to have strong social capital. I also think it's no, you know, it's no hidden secret that you and what you've done with your administration has been somewhat of a break from the previous administration. Um, and, and that maybe has led to some of the divide or maybe even reasons why I heard that this race that wasn't so close was gonna be close. Now that you've been reelected, all that's behind us, all that's in, in the past. Mayor, what do you plan to do to really reunite and, and bring Lexington together? I think, you know, I, I really believe that it's a it's a matter of 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 folks feeling like their voices are being heard, uh, feeling like uh, they have a seat at the table. And that's what I'm committed to. And I believe that's what our council was committed to moving forward, that uh, all needs and uh, and issues are heard. Uh, it's no um, it's no secret that um, there was some contentiousness as we were grappling with um, the topic of DEI uh, here in Lexington, trying to figure out uh, how do we best implement uh, a plan and a program that that works for city employees and works for the city and and uh, citizens feel like um, it works for them. And um, and candidly, uh, I don't know that we are so unique in in other municipalities because I think mun other municipalities and and companies are continuing to to kind of navigate through that. Um, but I think that you know whether you call it uh, DEI or call it something else, I think that that uh, our our commitment needs to be, and my commitment as a mayor needs to be uh, one in which I push for initiatives and encourage um, programs and processes that allow everyone to be heard, uh, allow uh, everyone to feel like there's a sense of, of belonging, either working for the city or living in the city. And that's what I'm committed to. Um, so I, I see more of that happening in this next term. Uh, there, you know, with uh, a 16, I've been in the office now for 16 months and it will end up, uh, end up being a year and a half or so, um, you know, by, uh, by the time my new term starts, you know, it's a limited amount of time to get things done. I feel like we've accomplished a tremendous amount in a short period of time, but there's still a lot more work to be done. I think, you know, uh, Lexington, uh, like other areas throughout North Carolina and even nationally are, um, are struggling with, 
you know, uh, issues of poverty, uh, issues of, of, you know, inclusive of homelessness as well, or unsheltered uh, folks. And it's going to be something that, that we're going to need to spend some more time looking at and being uh, proactive with uh, in the, uh, in the months to come. But uh, looking forward to our new council, looking forward to my next uh, term as well, and uh, just looking forward to carrying and moving our city forward. And, and Mayor Harris, I'm looking forward to it as well. I've, I've often said some of the best mayors I've ever met um, are real consensus builders. Um, they're, they're able to demonstrate empathy and listen and take everybody's ideas into consideration and also recognize when they don't necessarily have the best idea and work with others to, to bring whatever the best ideas are to the top. And I, I have met with you privately. I think I shared about a two or three hour lunch with you one day. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed learning more about you and your platform and what you want to do for the community. I've enjoyed this conversation. You're definitely on the list. So we'll be inviting you back to update awesome. us on what's happening down in, in Lexington. And I just wish you well as you move into your new term. And um, again, congratulations on a really, really impressive win. And to my audience, I encourage you, if you have not learned more about what's happening in Lexington, you need to pick up a paper. And better yet, don't pick up a paper. Go down there. I'm telling you, if you go down to Uptown Lexington on a Saturday, the energy, the vibe, the people walking around, um, visiting the shops, going to eat lunch at Sophie's and all the things that they have going on down there. There's a certain energy that's in Lexington that I don't think a lot of people know about because they think it's a small town. So they don't really they don't give them the shot. But I'm telling you, if you're looking for a staycation, if you live in the triad region, go spend a weekend in Lexington. You will certainly be mo more definitely impressed. And uh, Mayor Hayes, again, to you, if there's anything you ever want to share, you let me know. You've got a standing invite to lock in with us anytime and i also want to thank my audience and followers for locking in be sure to stay tuned to wtob because every sunday morning that's where you can lock in with me at 7 30. but if you happen to miss me there hopefully you're subscribed to the podcast and you can always pick that up at pandora spotify apple wherever you like to download your favorite podcast you can lock in with me there and until next time y'all stay locked in Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple, provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.